What is up, everybody? It's Lance McCullers Jr. And I'm Carlos Correa. Welcome back to the Walkout Podcast. The Walkout Podcast hits the road. The boys are on a road trip. We are in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's hot. And it is hot as shit outside, but we snuck the series win in L.A. Uh, No thanks to me. And uh, (laughs) we're off here today. So we're getting this podcast in. How you feel doing the podcast on the road? It's a little uh, different. Yeah, it's a little different. Um, we don't get video because we don't like the setup. Um, <laughs> setup trash. It's kind of trash. But anyways, we got here. You got some cockroaches in your room. That's true. I had to. I walk in into <laughs> your other room because they moved you. And I jump in your bed to watch a fight with you. And then spiders, spiders. started coming <laughs> out of was, the fucking pillows. There was three spiders in my bathtub <laughs> yeah. and a dead and a dead wasp. It's brutal. So we're hanging in there ready for the series against the D-backs. <laughs> we're trying fun. to get in and we're trying to get out. Yeah, bro. I mean, we just stayed at a super nice hotel at Pelican Hill in LA and now we came to this one with cockroaches and spiders. So <laughs> yeah, bear with us right here on this episode. <laughs> oh man, it's just, I mean, the hotel's, the hotel's solid. It's just, we're literally in the middle of like the wilderness there's a massive like a thousand fifty million tall mountain behind yeah. us yeah. uh i just know there's rattlesnakes and oh no doubt coyotes and scorpions. Mount lions and scorpions all over this place waiting to waiting to get us on the feet <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the lookout for sure but we got a lot to talk about we got some we got good a lot fights. we got some good fights on on, the, on that fight night um last saturday um, we got to rewatch them because we were playing in L.A. So, you know, the time zone, uh, we didn't get to watch any fights live. Um, but we got some good performances to talk about. And we then did have social media is going off right it's now. It's always going off in 2020. Yeah. Everyone's at the crib. They're locked up for the most part. And people are, uh, are are sending off shots. So we have a lot to discuss. That is coming up on inning number one right now. All right, inning number one, and we are going to be recapping the fight night that had Edson Brunson versus Edmund Shabaznia. Shabaznia. Uh, it was a really, really good fight. And the whole card, man, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't read the card and, and say it's going to be the biggest card of all time, but just solid, solid fights up and down this card, man. So let's start off with Brunson versus Edmund. Um, obviously, Brunson won with the uh, the third-round stoppage there early. But what'd you see in that fight, man? It was a really good first nine minutes for um, for Edmund. Yeah, I, I saw. First of all, I saw the best version I've ever seen of Derek Bronson. Oh, um, he brought the fight. He wanted to fight. He got actually a, a good coach for this fight, and he put on a great performance. You know, he deserved that win for for the way he fought. Edmund, twenty two years of age, fighting the Super best, the best out there in the middleweight division. So I, I was very impressed by his striking in the first round. Um, he still got to work a lot on his grappling and his cardio, but you know, he's 22, you know, you can't expect a lot. You don't see a lot of 22 year old kids, um, ranking the top 15, the middleweight division. You don't, or you don't any see division. a lot of, a lot of 22 year old kids, even in the UFC. Yeah. So, you know, this kid, this kid's for real. He's going to have a great career ahead of him. He needs to make the right adjustments to get at the top level and fight the best guys out there and be able to win those fights. But definitely I saw a great fight. So Derek Brunson is ready for another title run. Um, I think uh, an extra win or two might get him back in that title shot 
um, conversation. But Edmund, man, um, he's, he was impressive. And the first round, he looked good. He gassed. He paid the price for that. But props to Eric Brunson. You got to give him all the credit. 100%, man. I thought that uh, I thought Brunson, just like you said, he looked so good. He looked so calm in that first round. Very relaxed. Wasn't rushing anything, picking his shots. Um, but, man, Edmund, I, I really got to give it to him. He impressed me a lot. I know he... I know we got finished there in the third. He gassed out. But those first nine minutes of that fight um, was something really, really cool to see. Um, such a young guy who's so technical, um, especially on the feet. Uh, you know, he's he's much more of a boxer. He was throwing some kicks in there. I do agree with you. I think he definitely has to work on his takedown defense. I thought he, um, you know, Derek Brunson was pretty much taking him down whenever he felt it was necessary when he wanted to score points and when he needed a breather and wanted him to kind of carry his weight. You saw that at the end of the second um, and then leading into the third. So overall, man, really, really um, good fight. Good fight. Uh, like you said, very, very young. Edmund is. Um, we'll t- touch a little bit on the, on the corner and the, and the coaching situation and, 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 and kind of what you think he should change up moving forward because we were talking about it when we watched the fights today. Yeah, no disrespect to anybody, but um, Edmund has the same um, coach that Ronda Rousey did back in in her glorious days in MMA. And, you know, we saw Ronda Rousey struggle against uh, Holly Holm on the feet, and she was out for a couple years, and she said, oh, I'm back, I'm ready. You know, we're watching the Embedded series. We're very excited. She's getting back. She's going to be – we're going to see the best version of Ronda Rousey yet and no she didn't get any better so i i think i think edmund needs to look for coaches that can actually exploit his natural talent and take him to that next level you know at some point all the boxers do it you know i grew up being a tito trinidad fan and his dad was his his coach yep and at some point he had to look for another coach to take him to that next step you know what i mean and he did so um you know every 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 fighter i feel like you know, you love your coach and you want to be loyal, but in this sport, you got to look for what's best for you. And that's the the guy that's going to put you up there at the championship level. Yeah. And you know, honestly, he fights in the middleweight division. Yep. And if there's any division in the UFC, you know, other than maybe the lightweight right now by heavyweight, that's a good division to fight in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a lot of dudes who, who will stand and trade a lot of dudes who will stand and bang. So, um, I think he needs to address the cardio. He definitely gassed out. I think the, I think the octagon too, bro, it, it's so crazy watching these fights at the apex and how much, how much faster and how much the pace is just always on the fighters. They don't have room to kind of circle around and for the other fighters to break rhythm. You step, you step back one and a half times you're on the cage. You're getting mauled. You try to circle. You're right back in the center of the octagon. Mm -hmm. Those guys can cut you off. So when you have a fighter like Brunson came in and top, top peak condition for 36 years old, I mean, bro, I think this apex ring may be the new wave. Yeah, no, I, I I love the fights in the apex, and like like we were talking when we were watching the fights, you know, one step back and your back is already against That's the cage. It. So, um, the game plan is definitely gotta be different. But you know, this, this was a fun card, man. On paper, it looked like oh, it was, it's it's okay. You know, we're gonna watch. Yeah. Obviously, we're, we're huge UFC fans, so we're gonna watch it. But when you watch the fights, man, they they, they were outstanding, they were dang, and there were only four fights in this main card because yeah. one of the fights, um, you know, got canceled because Giles uh, had to pull out. He had some weight cut issues. Um, but man, from top to bottom, I mean, the first fight of the main card was the fight of the night, yeah, Landa Banata fight with uh Green. It was Oof. a great fight. But let's talk about the Calder Calderwood fight because. She had the next title shot against Valentina Chepchenko. Yep. Chepchenko gets hurt. 
So now she says, oh, I need to fight. I've been, it's been a while since I fought. I need to fight somebody. So, you know, kind of like calling it a warm-up fight. And then comes Jennifer Maya, and she puts out, she puts up a great performance, bro. And her title shot dreams are over. Yeah, it's tough to watch. Um, but honestly, man, if I'm if I'm Cowderwood today and I'm waking up and I'm thinking, you know, maybe it was for the best that I didn't fight Shevchenko. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was for the best because, you know, Maya's no, you know, she's no bum. She's ranked number six. Um, Cowderwood's number three. Um, and that was her fight, obviously the warm-up fight, like you said, to to get to Shevchenko. But bro, when you talk about a dominant champion and 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 you you can't really even look around and say, oh, this this girl or or this guy could maybe challenge um Khabib or you know, he could maybe challenge John Jones, whatever the case may be. You don't get that with Shevchenko. So I think it was probably for the best. She didn't go straight to her. She can kind of readdress. She looked very, very uncomfortable in the stand-up. Yep. Very uncomfortable as the bigger woman, uh, the taller woman. And then, you know, and then she ended up by getting submitted from the bottom. So she needs to clean that up, too. So good fighter. Um, but, you know, there's levels to this game. And and, and she she was not ready for, for Shevchenko. Yeah, Jennifer Maya looked so much better from the start of that round. I mean, on the feet, she was landing that overhand right. Then she got taken down, probably not expecting a takedown from Jojo. And uh, she she submitted her with an armbar. It was beautiful. It was and beautiful. He, she showed her black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, I think that fighting Shevchenko will be interesting. You know, we all know Shevchenko is going to demolish her, but I think she, out of out of everybody that I've seen in that division, she looked, she looked very good and she looked like she can compete actually but, with but, Shevchenko. But when you're dangerous from the ground like that and you have... Any type of stand-up game, mm-hmm. you're always you're always you're always someone to reckon with because you can you can win, you can survive on the feet, mm-hmm. and then when when the fight starts dragging on, people start getting tired, whatever the case may be. Boom, you take it to the ground, you finish it because she was originally going for I think she was going for a triangle, and then she um, and she worked to the arm bar, so it was beautiful because the old you know jujitsu saying is you know there's always a counter move for your move. You always have a move that's ready to go based off of the other um, you know setup, no matter what the opponent does. So Maya showed high level uh, jujitsu right there. You know what this reminds me of, bro, and it's gonna make us sad. Tony Ferguson taking the fight against Justin Gaethje instead of waiting for Habib. Jojo Carterwood taking this fight instead of waiting for Chipchenko. Well, I didn't have as much invested in this fight as I, I did know. the. No, I'm saying <laughs> the Ferguson Gaethje fight. Khabib will never happen again. No, Ferguson Khabib. I don't think will ever happen. We've already heard Khabib say he wants to fight two more times. Wants to be 30, you know, like his father wished, and um, wants to move on. But if when Khabib, if Khabib beats Gaethje and Tony beats um, Dustin Poirier in in, in spectacular fashion. And GSP doesn't want to get dragged out of bed because based off of his quote, which we're going to go over in the social round, I don't think he wants that fight. Want the um, smoke. That could be the last fight, the the fight for the fight fans, the fight everybody's wanted to see and the fight for Khabib to kind of go out on top. But um, let's move on to Luke versus Brown. You know, Luke was coming in the 11th ranked, um, the 11 ranked contender. Uh, Brown, very, very tall, very good striker. Um, Luke ended up by 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 winning this one at the very tail end of the second. Uh, tell me what you saw about this fight and the mistake uh, that that Brown made there at the end of the second. Yeah, I saw Vicente Luque look the best he's looked in a long time, and that fight against Nico Price was so good. But this fight, he really showed how technical he can be on the feet, and he's so good. He's such a great fighter. He's ranked in the in the welterweight division yeah, for number a eleven. Yeah, yeah, but Brown. I saw a lot of talent there. I saw a lot of raw talent there. Like I told you earlier, I, I felt like 
I saw a guy in Luque that's been working on, on his craft since he was like five years old. And I saw a guy in Brown that started working on MMA at 15 years old. You know what I mean? So Luque looked like the more pure um, mixed martial artist in, 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 in that octagon. And man, I mean, Brown had a nasty jab. And Vicente Luque found a way to counter, counter that with the calf kicks. Right and away. They were vicious, bro. I yeah. mean, he went two full rounds with calf kicks. Justin Gaethje calf kicks. They were vicious also. And he was able to slow him down. And then at the end of the second round, he was able to put him away. Um, it was very close to being an illegal knee, but it wasn't. He held his head up so his hands couldn't touch um, the canvas. And he landed that knee. It was beautiful. And then he finished the fight. I say Vicente Luque needs to start calling out top five contenders because calling out Nate Diaz is not going to do any good for his career. One, because Nate Diaz is not going to go from fighting Connor and Masvidal, the highest draws in the UFC, to fight Vicente Luque, who's no. ranked number 11 in the welterweight division. That, no, that not a lot of people know who he is. So he yeah. needs to start calling out fighters in the top eight range in that division so he can start making a name for himself. He's a finisher. He's finishing fights. Right. You you mentioned Wonderboy. Yeah. They have fought before. He, he didn't lost. lose, but... Call him back out. Yeah. You know, get get Rematch. another shot. He looked he looked really good. I mean, Randy Brown, I was very impressed with. I think, you know, he's very tall and lanky for that division. And being such a, a pure great striker, the calf kicks are in right now. Mm-hmm. That is the that is the new MO of almost every single a fighter, especially if you're a uh, if you're a grappler first type fighter. So Brown fighting in the uh in the welterweight division at 170, I think he's gonna have problems with um with that strategy because you saw him have to switch to southpaw which they mentioned on the broadcast he does not feel comfortable doing because the left jab he throws that's that's how he controls the fight that's how he controls his distance that's his weapon that's his weapon that's that's how he gets everything off i did think he looked pretty good in the clinch Mm -hmm. did a good job avoiding some takedowns actually got a takedown of his own Mm -hmm. i thought he was winning the second round I thought he was winning the second round before he ended up by by getting knocked out um, with with that knee. But um, I th- I would love a, a, a move up to maybe middleweight fighting guys that are maybe a little bit more his size and aren't so um, aren't so locked in on those legs because it it was from the first two or three minutes his leg was compromised and 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 Luke was able to dictate the pace um, of that fight. Yeah, now that you talk about the calf kicks and the trend and everybody doing it now, when you, when you look back. Max Holloway was champ for a long time, dominating everybody on the feet. And then this guy from Australia comes in and starts pouring calf kicks on him. And he ends up winning the fight four to one, three to two on some scorecards. I'm um, talking about that first fight that they had um, last year. And I think from then, everybody said, oh, like if he's better than me the striking department, maybe I can slow him down with calf kicks and, and win the later rounds and potentially win the fight. And I think now everybody's using that. We've seen so many um, leg kick KOs uh, at the apex. We, I think we've seen two, times, or two or three, three this year. And it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen. So I think I think that's a new MO, like you said, and, and it's very efficient. It slows yeah. you down. Um, it's, you start worrying about that, and then you get hit by, by some bombs on the feet because you're worried about your legs. I mean, it's great. It's great that everybody's using it. I, I do want to see somebody find a way to counter that in a better way. Because right now, I feel like besides... Going for the takedown, like grabbing that leg and going for the trip and the takedown, there's not much you can do with those. No. Well, you're out of range, you know? So if you're the opponent and, you know, you're kind of throwing that front leg to the outside or even throwing that back leg, 
um, depending on what the, your opponent is fighting. I mean, you're, you're pretty much out of range. The, 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 he has to overextend, mm-hmm. you know, so Brown would have to overextend on Luke a to, to get some shots off when those calf kicks came, but then you, then you risk being, being countered. So, um, I don't know, man, I, I thought that Brown looked really good. I thought his head movement and, and the way he was getting out, out of, um, you know, harm's way throughout the fight was beautiful. I thought he was really, really looking good. And then, you know, they said on the broadcast, if you're going to go down to, 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 you know, to your knee, to the floor, so you can't get knee in the face like that, you got to drop the knee. And he tried to drop the hand. Like you said, Luke held him up, the smart veteran, and then, mm-hmm. and then kind of finished him. So a little bit sad to see the way that ended because it was such a good fight. But like you said, Luke man, looked great. Performance um, actually night. dropped Brown with a, with a calf kick mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in one of those rounds. So, um, you know, that was performance of the night. So moving on to the fight of the night award, as you mentioned a little earlier, it was the first card, first fight on the main card. It was Venata versus Green. This was a mm. run back mm. of a previous draw, I believe. Yep. Um, and man, this was a freaking banger. No, it was. It was. It's, it was a great This fight. is the fight that our boy Michael Carter Williams <laughs> wants to see every single night. It, true. I mean, I, I love that fight. You know, the technicality and but those guys, they, were, they just wanted to bang. They just wanted to go out there and rip each other's head off. And Banada started great. Bobby Green got the knockdown in the first round. Banada got his own. And, you know, the, that first round was very close. And then the second round, Bobby Green started chipping in and taking over. And Some by the downs. Th- yeah, by the third round, it was all green, man. And, you know, I was so happy for him after what he said. On the post-fight interview, you know, it really touched me. A lot of fighters, you know, they've been through a lot and, you know, they found their way in MMA and now they're making some money. They can buy their houses. They can take care of their families. It's always great to hear the stories. So I'm really happy for Bobby Green, what, he, what he's been able to accomplish and how good he looked because after a performance like that, great fights are going to come your way. And, you know, I think he's he's ready for that task. Yeah. Yeah. As you mentioned, Green, uh, he makes 38 to show, 38 to win. Uh, he fought a little bit earlier um, this this summer at the Apex on one of those first cards there, got the win and the performance bonus. So he cashed in 78. And then uh, l- last night, or other, other, the other night, obviously won. So 78 again, and then got the fight of the night, extra 50. So Oof, he did say he got, to, he got to pay off his house um, with that. And, you know, that's what it's about, man. These dudes are in there because obviously they love this game. They love the sport, but it's very similar to, I would say, a lot of guys around, around baseball. It's, we love this game. This is what we do. But, you know, the end all be all here is to is to provide for our family. So like you mentioned, Brown looked I mean, I'm sorry, Green looked amazing. Um, it was 30, 26, 30, 27, 30, 27. But it felt it felt closer than that, I think, mm-hmm. because of some of the knockdowns and that because of, of the way that, that they mixed it up, man. But I got to say, I was I was. That was a great fight. It was an amazing, amazing kickoff uh, to the night for sure. Yeah, bro. We were watching the, we were rewatching the fight today and we were yelling like it was live. Oh, and we, man, was we know what happened. Yeah. It was, it was great, man. It is sometimes cool rewatching fights because you already know the outcome and you can start kind of uh, picking, picking a fighter to watch throughout the fight. So you're kind of more locked in on what he's doing and you get more impressed than you would if you're just overall taking a fight in um, as it comes. Yeah, for sure. Big fan of green moving forward. Um, it was a great card, man. What do you think? Yeah. Well, we have one more to talk about here. We got uh Frankie Sanz versus Martinez. That was the 
uh, one of the last fights on the prelims. And uh, Martinez did win this fight uh, via TKO. He had a gorgeous knee mm. uh, in the third with some just crazy head kicks throughout that fight and, and body shots. Right? But he he did miss weight by four pounds. Oh, damn. He did miss weight by four pounds. But, you know, hey, our our, our boy Frankie gets to walk home with 30% of that. Yeah. So shout, loss. <laughs> shout, yeah, shout out to him for for taking the fight. Um, you know, you don't have to take that fight when a guy misses his weight at all. But four pounds to me, that that's basically like he knew he wasn't going to make weight. And so he said, <laughs> he said, screw it. I'm just going to I'm just going to be as big and as strong as I can. It, it looked that way throughout the fight. Yeah, it's unacceptable to waste my four pounds. But, you know, it's it's tough times right now for everybody. So some people might not might not have the 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 resources to to, to cut weight as they as they used to. So. You know, it's no yeah. excuse, but still, you know, we know we're in a worldwide pandemic. A lot of places are closed, um, but still, you got to try to figure out a way to be professional and, and, and make sure you make way for these fights. Yeah. Well, he did say after the fight and his presser, um, he did apologize. The first thing he did after the fight was over when he was in his post-fight interview, he, he apologized for the weight for the weight miss and uh, said it would never happen again. Said he had some say he had some issues, didn't really elaborate, um, but maybe you're right, man. So. Uh, you just want to see these guys go in there. Like we mentioned, they're in there for for one reason, then that that's to that's to win, but it's to ride for the family. So you want to, you want to see guys get equal chances. But I have to say, this is the definition of how you pick an opponent apart if you are a striker fighting a grappler. Mm-hmm. He absolutely picked him apart from the jump. He started at the bottom with the calf kicks. He worked his way up. By the end of that first round into the second round, he was throwing some vicious leg kicks. And then as we talked before, when you're fighting, when you're fighting a southpaw fighter, that head kick, you do not cover it. And um and Frankie Sanz was getting pieced up by that head kick um the entire night. Uh shout out to him though. He was tough, stuck it out. But uh that was a hell of a fight. That, that was that was a hell of a fight. And um looking for big things from Martinez because he looked very calm. And uh, and 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 very locked in uh, the other night. Yeah, it was it was a great fight. So yeah, let's move into the next inning, bro. Let's I'm excited it. to talk about this social. Carlos wants to get dive, to get, get on to the social, baby. So yeah. we're gonna be locked in here. Any number two coming up right now? Boom. All right, here we go. Any number two? We're diving into the social. The boys have been scouring the internet. Got a couple of things to keep everybody updated. So the first thing we got is a little bit of an injury update. Unfortunately, Darren Till, who just fought against Robbie Whitaker, was a hell of a fight. Uh, went the distance. We talked about that fight a couple of pods ago. Um, he says he's out. He's out with an MCL uh, tear. They're going to put him in a cast. They're going to immobilize him for six weeks and see if it scars over. If not, that means surgery. And that means at least, let me see my surgical calculator here uh eight weeks of rehab and probably another eight weeks of building back up so could be a long time before we see till again what what, what what's your what's your first thought yeah. on this yeah it's sad to see um there until a great fighter that just put up a great performance against former champ robert whitaker um he didn't mention after the fight um that his knee got blown out and he you know, he thought that um, knee stumps should be illegal. And, you know, it's been a conversation this past week. And I think I agree with him, man. If if if, if somebody's going to attack your knee and put you out for almost, you know, three, four, five months, whatever, however long it takes, depending on the injury, I think that should be illegal. And I think people should find ways to fight 
where you know if a twelve six elbow is illegal on on the on the ground, I think the knee stump should be illegal. And and that's just my thought. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just the way I think. Um, and it will make the fights better, man. Because I feel like when you're trying to hurt somebody by injuring them on their knees, it's different when you're trying to break their jaw or when you're trying to kick the shit out of their legs, you know, calf kicks and all that. So I think the knee stump should be illegal and we should move forward with that without that. I mean, and but, you know, praying for Till. Hopefully he gets back yeah. out there soon. Yeah, you already have a lot of illegal shots. You have the 12 6 when you're in full mount, the guys in the ground, you have where you can't throw knees um, or kicks at the head when they got, um, you know, a knee or a hand down when they're going down to the ground. And these are all things that are in place to try and protect fighters mm -hmm. against injuries that are just, you know, are just waiting to happen and pretty devastating injuries. So this, I think you're right, man. I think the UFC needs to look into making kind of that, that, that front knee stomp, so to speak. Um, outlaw because at, at this point we're, we're losing guys to it um who knows what that fight could have been that fight till wins that fight he's shooting to the top till wins that fight he's shooting to the top and that's big for the ufc he's a big prospect with a big name a large following would be a great champion um would really give out Asanya, i think to run for his money in the striking department so it's sad to see he was right. He said in the second round, he blew him out. So he fought round three, four, and five, um, all, you know, extremely hindered. So I think, I think it's time. I think you're right. Yeah. So moving on to our next post here, uh, we got, um, Justin Gaethje. Um, we got Justin Gaethje working out with his striking coach, Trevor Whitman. Joe Rogan posted a video. Justin looking pretty nice, looking pretty saucy on the feet yeah. and Khabib, chimes in and says, quote, Justin is a very nice guy and a good opponent for me. But when Octagon closed, he have to be ready not only for boxing match. I'm not Dustin or Tony. I will take him to the deepest ocean and I will oh, drown him. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> My boy Khabib is back, bro. It's good. Ali Abziz is on the Twitter again. Nah, no chance, bro. I th I think I think I think Habib is back now. You know, obviously with the tough um times that he went through with a lot of family members passing and then his dad uh, passed away you know he, he he was he was out of social media for a little bit but my boy's back and he's he means business he's ready to go against Gaethje already signed the bout for October 24th and we can't wait for that day but my man is back my man knows what he's gonna do his opponents know what he's gonna do and they can't stop it and Justin Gaethje is not gonna be that man I guarantee you that it's gonna be a walk in the park from my boy Khabib and that's coming from a guy that also loves Justin Gaethje you know I, I was rooting for Gaethje in that Ferguson fight I thought he was the, the better fighter he put up a great performance but I love them both but I gotta yeah. say if I gotta put my house on somebody that's Habib and he's gonna make it look easy yeah I think I think Khabib's gonna gonna probably pull this one off I will be picking Justin Gaethje and I will be breaking down why I believe Justin has a chance um, based off of a video that I saw recently that you sent me he did a uh, food truck diaries with Brendan Schwab and said that he doesn't wrestle in the UFC because after seven minutes he's completely exhausted so that gives me a little bit of the creepy uh, heebie-jeebies I feel a little uh, little little, little not so confident on that one, but Connor McGregor chimes in as Connor can only do um, and says, laughy face, laughy face. In other words, I'm going to be running around the octagon on the outside, shitting my pants. And within the first 10 seconds of the fight, I'm diving at the legs for a good whiff of the old jock strap. Um, he put that in quotes. I don't know why he quoted that. Khabib never said that. Um, but, you know, Connor, we've had this discussion before. 
my man, if you're going to be posted up at the beach drinking the proper 12 and smoking the OJ Rifa, <laughs> just get off of it. You you lost. Yeah. It, it's okay. You got beat up. Just get it's either come back and try to avenge that loss or just or just leave it alone. Coach Cabana said on round three, at the beginning of round three, he said, draw him on. Let him come to you. Don't chase him. Let him come to you. And what does Connor does? He goes back out there. He says, <laughs> fuck you, Joe Cabana. I know more than you. And he starts pushing the pace against Habib. And, you know, um, uh, he's talking about Khabib running around, but that was not the game plan uh, for Connor to win that fight. He had to let Khabib come to him and stuff those takedowns and land that left uppercut like he was planning to do. But like Con- Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get fucked up. Connor, Connor, ha- Connor says that he didn't follow the game plan because he was a, he had a hang- hangover. <laughs> he said he had a hangover that fight. Who doesn't love Connor, bro? Speaking of Connor, I mean, since we're already on him, I mean, screw it. Let's just keep on with 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 with, with our boy here. He um, tweeted back at Manny Pacquiao and said, "I accept." When 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 Manny was talking about a possible boxing match, and then he also said. After he called um, Chimevs, Chimevev, uh, the wolf, uh, Ratlip, he also responded, I accept, to his call out saying that um, he would want, uh, Chimevev said he wanted to fight Connor. He said he will smash. This is easy fight. I will smash. No problem. I smash steal money. So um, I think Connor is, is best, is, I mean, maybe a Pacquiao fight. I would take the Pacquiao fight. That's, oh, yeah. that's an easy hundred. That's easy 75 milli. Easy, bro. Easy 75 milli. You no fight damage. Pacquiao. Take no damage with those big gloves in boxing. Oh, you got to take that fight against Pacquiao if it's possible. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully, hopefully it happens. I'll, I'll be willing to watch that. Connor has great striking. He looked great against Mayweather. He landed more punches than Pacquiao landed against Mayweather. Yes, he did. Um, Tay Lauder. Yeah, so, you know, I, I will be excited about that fight. More excited than Roy Jones Jr. versus Mike Tyson. I'll I'm tell still you that. buying that fight. Yeah, I'll go to your house and watch it there. Okay. Save some bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, now that we're talking about the wolf, she might have, I mean, this guy's on our level. Um, we hope he can get back in the octagon August 15th. I hope. We're hearing, hopefully. Um, we need to see more of this guy. We need we need to see um him on the feet. We need to see him striking. We see I sent you a knockout the other day um that he had on the league that he used to fight in. And the man has power. The man is yeah, strong. We he know sl- that. he slipped the jab with a nice little right upper. Yeah, he dropped so, him cold. Yeah, so we want to see how he can do against the best of the best out there. And uh, you know, the future is bright for this kid. He's only 26. He's not even on his prime yet. No. And he looks like he's on his prime. So it's scary to watch. It's scary to watch what he's doing to his opponents. He's fighting guys that are not that great, but still he's doing what he's supposed to do. That's right. I can't wait to see what's next for you him. You can baby. only fight the guys put in front of you. And so far, he has done it in the most dominant fashion. You can do it. Um, I do hope he gets to fight here August 15th. I know it's going to be tough. You know, he's obviously coming from overseas. We got the COVID going. So it's going to be a tough sell to get him over here. But if not, I guess we'll have to wait to see him maybe in October back in Fight Island. Oh, I can't wait, brother. Woo. So last couple here. Um, we talked last podcast about the ref, uh, Dan Hardy, uh, got into it with Herb Dean over a late stoppage. He he basically um, got up in his face and was yelling at him and Herb, you know, you know, didn't really engage too much, but put a statement out basically saying, hey, listen, you know, you're not Superman. 
You know, I've been doing this for a long time. I know what I'm doing. And Dana White addressed it the other day, and he said, if you ever, ever, ever again, if anybody ever again tries to approach a ref or a judge after a fight like that, they will be fired from the UFC on the spot, and they will never work for Dana or the promotion ever again. I mean, well said, Dana. That's why he's one of the best presidents out there. Um you know, we talk about this in the last podcast. We say it was too much. It was too much. Him, him going after her, a veteran that's been around and doing this for so many years. And for him to come out like that and, and you know, when you look at the pictures and the videos, it was just way too much. And Herb is a respected guy that, you know, has won many awards as the best referee. Um, so he knows what he's doing. And, you know, maybe he made a mistake. Maybe it was late. Maybe he was giving the other guy a chance to maybe get back and hopefully yeah. win that fight. That was not the case. It looked kind of bad. but. Uh, it's not Dan Hardy's job to come after him like that. If there's a guy that can do that, it's Dana White, and he didn't. So, right. um, you know, who do you think you are by going at, at Herb like that? You know what I mean? I, it didn't sit right with me. Obviously, it didn't sit right with the boss, and that's why he dropped those comments. Yeah, I agree. We we said last time, I mean, I think the message behind what Dan Hardy was saying is true. If a referee makes an egregious error in the in, in the octagon, um, there is there is some big damage and some health issues that come along with that. Mm-hmm. But like we said, this isn't a rookie referee. This isn't a guy who doesn't know what's going on. Um, and he deserved, Herb, at least deserved the, the benefit of the doubt and the behind-closed-doors discussion possibly with Dan. Dan was a fighter. He about 35 pro fights under his belt. But if you're behind that booth, you got to act more like Dominic Cruz. You got to act more like DC. You got to act more like these guys who take their fighting cap off and put their, you know, their, their analysis cap back on and, um, you know, really can separate the two and do their thing. So our last one of the social dive is our boy, Cody Nochin, who at this point, I just, I just call him Cody Nochin just, just for fun. Um, Cody Garbrandt, uh, versus Figueredo is what he wants at 125. What do you think about that matchup? And how do you see that playing out? Um, I like what I like about that matchup is that Figueredo is the real deal. I mean, this guy is a champ of the 125, and he's gonna be champ for a long time unless a guy like Cody Garvin comes, um, draws more weight, drops 10 pounds, and goes for the 125 division, and that will be an even match. That's 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 a fight where you're gonna be like, whoa, yes, like, this is a dream fight. At Powerful strikers, you both me? the same size. We've never seen a fight at 125 in. All the years that the UFC has been going, we've never seen a fight where both guys can knock each other out cold. Mm. And Cody Garbrandt is that guy that can do it to Figueredo. And Figueredo is that guy that can do it to Cody Garbrandt. So that's a perfect matchup for the title fight at 125 to make that division even better than what Figueredo is making it right now. And if Figueredo can get that win, man, I mean, that will put him on another level. That will mean that he can jump up to 135 and compete in that division as well. So that matchup for me is great because it will make Cody... It's a win-win situation for both if they win. If Cody goes down, double champ. If he goes up, I mean, if he wins and beats Cody, he can compete in 135 and potentially be a double champ. So this fight's got to happen at some point. I mean, there's not a lot of guys at 125 that can compete with this animal. There's not a lot of guys at 125 that can go up and compete at 135. Mm -hmm. And I would say... There may not be a lot of guys at 135 that are willing to do the 10 more pounds and go down to 125. Cody is still young enough. He's done it before. So he's been one. there. He's done that. Uh, so Hudo's laid up. Um, still hoping he gets that Volkanovski fight. If I'm Figueredo, I absolutely want this, bro, because if you fight a former champion, 
you're fighting a guy um like you said you're going to be getting the, the pay is going to be better for you number one and number two i would sign a two-fight deal if you lose you get a rematch and then if you win boom you're up at 135 i want peter yan pronto and if you come double champ of 125 135 those are the most exciting divisions in the game right now bro bro especially 135 that would be nuts he would he would submit himself um in the ufc upper echelon of fighters like Pound for pound, if he if 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 he if he accomplishes that, he can literally have the same path as Triple C. Yes, win the champion at one twenty five, defend the champion against a guy that competes at one thirty five, but decided to drop ten pounds and and challenge me for the title. Go to one thirty five and compete for the champ at one thirty five. Win, be double champ. He's got the same. Path. He can take the same path that Henry Cejudo did to become one of the best martial artists of all times and the best combat athlete of all times. So, I mean, Figueredo, he said he was going to be an active champion. I believe in this guy. Loves to fight. He loves to be in there. He's a monster. So I can't wait for this fight, hey, man. I hope they announce it. Let soon. me tell you something. Tell me, I ain't picking against Figueredo. Oh, my boy's uh, a nasty boy in there. He's a killer in there, bro. You can see it. He can know. take a punch too. I mean, see it I don't know him. Cody punch, but he can take a punch. He walks with his hands down and he just eats. He punches. don't. He looked. He looked. He looked a lot like. Uh, he looked a lot like um, our boy in the first card. Our boy Green on the first card. Hands down, yeah. very relaxed, staying at distance, ready to strike at any moment. So um, that ground game too, Oof. bro. He's got it all. Scary. He's got it all. Scary. I think that would be a good fight for Cody because he's going to shot at the belt. You don't win, go back up. Yeah. But I think Figueredo would 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 black the lights out. And it's smart for Cody because there's a murderous row waiting on the yeah. top three and four of that bantamweight division. And if you lose at bantamweight again, you know, you already were you already ascended to the top of bantamweight. You're already mm-hmm. the champion at the young age of 25. Then you lost. You lost three, you know, three fights in a row. Now you finally got that win again against Asunso. Asunso, not the best striker. I would be I would be sprinting to the UFC Apex, begging them to sign this fight. Yeah. Because yeah. if you get Absolutely. the 125, then you can maybe go up and fight Yon at 135. And stock is going to be through the roof. And then it'd be through the roof. And if you lose, hey, I'll just chill at 125. Cody can do it. Cody yeah. Cody has the ability to cut that kind of weight and still be powerful. We've seen it. He's been there. He's done that. So now I want this fight. Yeah. Now, Very excited for that, that I want. Yeah. Give it to me in November. Pay-per-view, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. That's it for Social Dive. We have our final inning, number three, coming up. We're going to be going a little bit over the UFC fight night with our boy, the Black Beat, Lewis, against Olenek, coming up right now. All righty. Inning number three. We're coming in hot. UFC fight night, Lewis versus Olenek. That's our boy, the Black Beast, from the H-Town. And, uh, you know... This stylistically, I wouldn't have picked it if I <laughs> if I was the if I was the manager for 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 our homie. Um, I would have probably said, you know, I'm not going to pick the guy who has 46 career subs and is nicknamed the bow constrictor. Um, that wouldn't be what I would have done. But here we are, and um, it's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, Olenek, uh, for you guys that don't know him, he just um, finished Fabrizio no. Werdum. And Fabrizio is a former heavyweight champion. This guy is the real deal. He just submitted Alexander Gustafsson um, last Saturday, um, two Saturdays ago. Our boy Derek Lewis, we love him so much. He's, you know, H-Town proud, a legend uh, in this sport. My balls is hot. 
because his balls was, they were really hot that day. He took his shorts off. Um, and I hope he wins this fight. You know, it's, it's a great fight for him. What is he ranked right now? Number five? He's up that there. Range. Yeah, he's right so, there. So, you know, in the heavyweight division, that's great. Um, I hope he puts a great performance. I, I hope he puts this guy to sleep. He's got good, great striking. He's got big power. I mean, when he fought Cormier, Cormier beat him. And after the fight, on the post-fight interview, he said, I mean, this guy hit me with a couple of shots that I were, I was like, whoa, I never felt that before. Where did that come from? So, obviously, Derek Lewis is strong. I mean, you got a guy in Cormier. He's, he's been two-time um, two-division champ, and he's faced the best of the best, and he's saying that this guy's the most powerful guy out there. So, yeah. obviously, he's got something. Obviously, that's why he's in the top five in the heavyweight division. So, hopefully, he puts a great performance. The boy constrictor, a submission specialist, he can hang with the best of them. Yes, so he can. It will, it will be another match of grappling versus striking. We'll see what happens. Well, yeah, Derek Lewis, as you mentioned, he's number four in the heavyweight rankings right now. And, um, you know, our boy... Olenek is 10. Um, again, I, I I really wish, I really wish he was matching up versus like a Rosenstruck or even a Junior Dos Santos or shit, man, even, even freaking Alistair Overheem. Um, I'm just, I'm just a little, I'm a little confuzzled. I'm a little confuzzled here because he, this guy, I mean, Olenek, bro, he he poses a, a a big threat. It's not only just you know on 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 the ground, but this guy's been in sixty plus fights. He's he's seen it. He's kind of seen it all. So um, I'm hoping that the sheer thickness and heavy boy status of of Derek Lewis will be too much for for him to hold him down on the ground, and and we'll get some of this fight on the feet because if it goes to the ground, especially after that first round or two, um, you know, as a big boy and the big boys, they 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 tend to gas a little bit. Um, it it was it would just be, I just really I'm just really wondering. It's just a five round main event. It's a main event. That's what I'm saying. As of the first couple rounds, I mean. The, the advantage is definitely going to go, especially to the to the to the grappler, to the to the submission specialist, if he does drag him to the ground. Give me give me the top five rankings right there on the heavyweight. We got Daniel Cormier number one. Obviously, Stipe Miocic is a champion. They're fighting in two weeks. Um, we got Francis Ngannou number two, who Derek Lewis beat. Yeah. We got Curtis Blades, yeah. who's a bad man. Number three, Derek Lewis number four. Junior Dos Santos, number five. Rosenstruck, pile of ass, number six. <laughs> Alistair Overheem, seven. Volkov, eight. And then you got Augusto, nine. Walt Harris, ten. And you got um, Olenke. Um, it looks like he's going to be uh, going up to ten. There's no so, 11 right now. So if Olenek. So, so if Olenek beats Derek Lewis, I mean, he jumps in the top five. Yeah. And that means that and Gano, if he wants to have a warm-up fight because he's still waiting on these guys. Would have to pick between Curtis Blades. No, he beat Curtis Blades twice already by knockout, and Dana's not interested in that fight. That okay. maybe Engano versus Lanik for a warm-up fight. That's a no for me. That's a no for That's me. That's a also. no. Why do in, why does anyone who's a who's a who's a straight stand and bang guy want to fight a dude with 46 career submissions now if Oren KO Olenek I think I think Engano will KO him in 10 seconds 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying. All any... men is good on the ground, but let, let's be real. That head movement is not that no, great. No, he's terrible on the feet. But the problem <laughs> is, is that when you just have a guy that, that has the ability to get you down there and, and exhaust you from the first minute. What if, what if he comes out? It's and, not going to happen. I'm what if he comes out and absolutely goes for broke on the double leg and drags him down the whole first five minutes? You know what the gas tank's going to be like. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna, I mean, it's, it's gonna it's, be tough. He's gonna get the next title shot, but I'm just playing scenarios right here. If he wants to have another paycheck and here yeah. and there, no, for, I don't think he needs a paycheck. Seconds. I was talking about Lewis again versus Lewis versus you know Olenek. It just it's just tough to to really wrap my mind around why the four. Ver- it, it reminds me of the Cater versus Ige. Mm-hmm. It's like why mm-hmm. why would you risk your your top five ranking and ability to maybe be one fight away from a title shot, especially bro. DC wins. He retires. Steepy fights in Ganu and in Ganu wins. Steepy is going to drop out. Yeah. So now you're looking at Curtis blaze. You're looking at Derek Lewis and Derek Lewis lost to, I mean, beating Ganu. That's mm-hmm. an easy fight to make. If, 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 if you're Derek Lewis and you're the UFC, you say, well, this guy beats you before. Maybe let's run it back. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, I, 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 just, I hope he wins because I, I love I love him. It just it just doesn't seem like it'd be like, hey, Lance, you can face a guy who hits zero on heat on curveballs or you can face a guy who hits 400 on him. And I'm like, yeah, give me the 400 guy. <laughs> True, bro. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad fight for him. But, you know, maybe he surprises he us. Maybe he surprises us yeah. and uh, shows some him calf what he's kicks, got. Some calf kicks. Yeah, he does have 18 KOs and cut off back to back wins. Our boy, the Black Beast. So in the co-main, we got. Chris, the All-American Wideman Ooh. versus Akhmedov. Akhmedov. Yeah, Amari. Amari. <laughs> Amari is his name. And he is a, he's a stand-up fighter versus the grappler again. Amari, he's the, he's the Russian-born striker. Um, Wideman is coming off five of his last six, taking the L's. Um, Amari Amiri has won five of six with a draw there in the middle. Um, he does fight out of American Top Team, so I do believe he will be ready for the uh, for the grappling and the wrestling. I, I see this going um, Akhmadov's way. Yeah, this is this is one of those fights. You know, we talk about the middleweight division. How for me, it's not that exciting. Um, and you know, this is this is what I'm talking about. You know, Chris Whiteman against um, Amari. Um, you know, it, it's a fight that we're gonna watch, but it's not that we're going bananas over it. You know, what I mean, it's not like we watch Islam Makachev, um, who's 12 right now in the lightweight. Fight number ten in the lightweight. You know what I mean? It's, it's 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 not that exciting, but still a fun fight. We'll see how it plays out. Chris Weidman, you know, has been through some tough fights lately. He's been getting slept a lot. Yeah. So hopefully he can bounce back. You know, he's done great things for the sport. Um, obviously getting you know all those meetings in New York to be be able to bring MMA. That's true. To New York he City. has done a lot of great things. So for the he sport. he's he's been a great ambassador for the sport. So we, I, I kind of want to see him have success, you know what I mean, and, and bounce back. So, you know, Chris, my white man, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you, brother. Yeah, it's been a little bit since he's fought. His last fight, um, you know, was uh, was Dominic Reyes. He got, oh. he got knocked out in the first. I think the one before that um, may have been, uh, I'm not sure, it may have been Romero. And no. He, he, no, that was a while ago. He got knocked out. Um, but anyway, regardless, you're right. Chris Weidman has done a lot for the sport. He's a great ambassador for the game. And um, I, I I do hope we find we, he, that he finds some success here. Yeah. So we got um we got Maki Pitolo fighting. We got uh, Darren Stewart. We got a woman bantamweight bout. We got Yana versus uh, Julia. Um, 
Solorenko, and we got a lightweight bout. We got we got Darish versus Scott Holtzman, and Darish coming off a nasty knockout. Oh, tell us a little bit about that oh, one. Oh, that was a street fight. Um, you know, a couple of months back, um, at the Apex, brother. I mean, second round, the guy lands a couple of good shots on him, and he fires right back, puts him to sleep, mouthpiece out. I mean, it was it was a devastating knockout. I'm sure he got performance of the night. I can't remember, but that was one of the most devastating knockouts we've seen at the apex so no, far. That was a tough. That was a. So, was, that was a he oof, said he said on one. social media that now he's gonna try to stick to the plan, but I don't want him to stick to the plan. I want him to be that mm, swing and bang, know, baby. Yeah, Let me bang. Yeah, get caught or catch caught. the other guy. Yeah, so go ahead, do get him or thing. get got. Win another 50 G's, baby. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. That's it for inning number three. We got closing coming up right now. All right, guys. That's it for episode 13, our first episode on the road, the walkout podcast in Arizona. Um, we going to hopefully have a lot more walkout podcasts on the road this off season. We will definitely make sure to uh, bring the camera and get a good setup next time. Um, our next episode after this one will be episode 14 and it's going to be the UFC 252 breakdown. And it's going to be a good one. If you guys don't know, we got Stipe versus DC for the third fight for the UFC heavyweight greatest of all time, in my opinion. So if you don't know, no, now you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great car. I can't wait for the next episode. As of now, we're still here in Arizona um, finishing this episode. We're going to go play some video games and have a good time over here in, 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 in the room. That's right. Um, but, you know, once again, thank you guys for the support. The podcast has been doing great. That's thanks to you guys. So keep up. Um, watching and uh, thanks for supporting us. Yeah, guys, don't forget we also have Junior Dos Santos versus Rosenstruck. We got Sean O'Malley versus mm. Marlon Vera on that card, and we got Josh Dodson fighting uh, for the first time in a while uh, versus uh, Mirhab for a bantamweight fight. He's still in there mixing up in the bantamweight division. So, guys, it's going to be a stacked main card. We'll have it all for you in episode 14 coming next week. Until then, to many homers for our boy Carlos and please Jesus, let me get a win. Yes, let's go.